Hi, Lan. Um, welcome to the Bogoslavsky and Co. podcast. Hi, Mariana. It's uh, great to be here. Oh, I'm so glad. Um, so we've known each other from the tech industry in Cape Town for about a decade, actually. I remember having lunch with you at Wembley Square. Wow. And at the time, you were a very serious businessman. You were basically <laughs> as corporate as it gets, um, which I think is a good place to introduce yourself. Sure. Yeah, geez, back in those days, I was working in the digital media in South Africa. And yeah, absolutely. I was a corporate executive doing uh, all the uh, things that corporate people do, working my ass off, being a workaholic, trying to get to the next rung of the ladder. And yeah, I mean, that was that was me then. And you now? Well, now I have some, I have a balanced life. <laughs> uh, I think for people that that obviously you know are, are listening to the podcast who don't know me, I can just give them a quick summary. So, for about ten or twelve years of my life, I worked in uh, corporate digital media. Uh, I ran News Twenty Four as general manager. I was the group head of um, digital at Avusa, which is Times Media, the Sunday Times Group. So, you know, that was what I was doing, but I was very unhealthy. And I was very just focused on my career. And I was one of those typical people who my, my only thing that I was interested in was, was making money, career progression. And I ignored all the other things in my life, like my health, my relationships. And everything was extremely um, unbalanced, not getting enough sleep, eating junk, being inactive. And, you know, I thought I was winning at life until one day I realized that I wasn't and I went on my own health journey and that led to me uh, finding out that life is better when you're healthy. That's my key message that I, I like to give people these days um, is that life is better when you're healthy. When you're healthy, you are a better entrepreneur, you are a better employee, um, you're a better partner, you're a better parent, you're better at everything um, at life. So when I learned that, I decided I wanted to give that lesson to people. I left corporate and I decided to do that full time and I created a brand called Sleek Geek and that's what I do now. I help people uh, get healthy and that includes me. That's a long intro, but uh, that'll that's give people brilliant. Um, I think my biggest point of wonder watching your career unfold itself, because I mean, we're friends on social media and so I've seen everything, um, was how were you able to face such intense financial insecurity initially? Sure. Because yeah. to go from I mean, you were at the top of the game, corporate-wise and financially-wise, I would say. Mm. Um, and to go to having nothing initially, was it terrifying? How did you make the leap? Sure. I mean, I'm still paying myself a third of what I used to earn eight years ago. <laughs> but I'm still happy. <laughs> but I'm happier. Um, okay, so initially what happened was I was lucky in that I'd made some good property uh, decisions um, in my life and I'd accumulated some savings. So, you know, from buying and selling some properties, you know, back in those days, one could still make some, some decent profit from some smart decisions. I had about uh, a year's worth of living costs or expenses in the bank when I left. Would you recommend that to anyone leaving a corporate role to have at least a year? Uh, I wouldn't, I, I, the normal, I mean, from all the guys that I follow, they say at least have three months. But I, I, I would say, I would say I, I, that would make me feel a little bit edgy. I would say six months should be like a minimum kind of requirement. 
Um, of, I had nine months when I launched my own agency yeah. and I just made it. <laughs> so I would say anything less than nine months is a little bit scary. Yeah. I mean, six, six, I think would be absolute minimum. Depends on the person, but also, you know, it also depends on how much they want to cut their lifestyle back. So I sold my convertible. I had a Lexus convertible. Um, and I realized that it would be stupid. Like, when you're not earning income to be paying like a few 8,000 Rand a month on a car. Yeah. So, you know, I made the sacrifices, but you know, those that years with the living expenses, that's different for everyone. You know, like I find psychologically, um, you know, if you're someone who, for example, goes, enjoys going to the movies every week or enjoys eating out, like if, you know, you've got to factor in how you're going to be affected psychologically, what you're prepared to cut out and what you're not prepared to cut out. So I would say, you know, if you're someone who shops at Woolworths all the time and you now have to go and shop at, at um, you know, uh, checkers, <laughs> I don't know, I mean, then if that's, if that's going to, like, make you sad, then factor that into your planning because – you got to be on your A game. So there's different there's different approaches to this kind of thing. And I've had this discussion with a friend of mine back in the day. You know, some entrepreneurs, when they're really hungry and they're at rock bottom, they perform better. But some people, like with Maslow's hierarchy, you need your security needs. You need certain needs to be ticked off for you to be at your best. And that comes down to the individual. So I, for one, don't operate well when I don't have my basic needs met. Um, and so I try to factor that in. So when I say a, a year's worth of living expenses, I meant a year's worth of living expenses at a reasonable lifestyle, not living like a, a student. Um, yes. But at the same, you have a great apartment, though. I don't know. Well, you're always posting <laughs> views from your apartment on Instagram. Well, so that's look, nice. yeah. I mean, I I was lucky to 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 buy this apartment when I was still in my corporate days. Um, and it's yeah, it, it kind of. It does help living on the beach, <laughs> but, yeah. but, but, but yeah, I mean, like I, I made a lot of sacrifices. Um, you know, it was, it was scary. Um, but at the same time, it felt weirdly just right. Um, you know, when I left, everyone thought I was crazy, but like, it just, I felt like I had no choice. I mean, sometimes you have a calling to something yeah. and, and I just, I felt like I have to do this because it's my mission. And I definitely think that like mission-driven businesses are more powerful. So I think, you know, one thing I would say to anyone out there is find something that's going to like really feed your soul and like, you know, that you can, because I think on the hard days as an entrepreneur, you've got to really dig deep into your why and your purpose. And I think if your business is only just about making money, you're going to find it really hard to dig into your purpose on those hard days. Um, so I would say to anyone, you know, do something that's really going to feed your, feed your soul. Um, and your passion, Absolutely. as long as you have that passion, it's passion driven. I find it, yeah, it'll carry you, you through the tough times. Exactly. You know, if it's, um, there's a great quote, the three most harmful addictions are heroin, carbohydrates and a monthly salary. So I assume you don't do the first one and you have basically beaten the other two. Well, I don't mind carbohydrates. There's nothing wrong with <laughs> Well, the good ones, yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, com so back to Sleek Geek. Um, what was the community size when you started it versus where it is now? Okay, so, I mean, it started with me and 10 friends. I created a Facebook group. And, 
when I left corporate, we had about 800 members in the group. So at that point, I said, you know what? I want to do this full time. If, you know, we've almost helped a thousand people. So why can't we help 10,000? Why can't we help 100,000? And I set the goal back then to be that I wanted to help inspire 100,000 people to live a healthier lifestyle. And people thought I was nuts. At the, in the group at the moment, we have 90, well, 89,700 members. So we're about to hit 90,000. Um, so that's the main group. But then we started a Cosa speaking community where we've got 180,000 members. So oh, depend, depending on how you want to look at the stats, if you combine those two, I achieved 100,000 a while ago. But in the main Sleek Geek group, we're going to hit the 100,000 hopefully within this year. Um, growth has slowed down. I mean, Facebook was a lot kinder to us in the early days. Um, so, you know, that's what I wanted to ask, which marketing methods and channels were the most successful in growing your community? Well, you know, what's interesting is I've hardly spent any money on marketing and it's all been organic growth, word of mouth. And obviously through the Facebook feed, uh, people sharing content or, or seeing what their friends are doing. So I haven't really spent any money on marketing the brand at all. And so the lesson there for me has been if you create something that people love, they will they'll they'll talk about it. They'll talk about it, they'll share it exactly exactly. So I just think, you know, I'm not saying I think we should, you know, if we had the budget, we would be spending on marketing. But what I'm saying is I think the first thing is you can't even if you spend money marketing a product that isn't that great, that isn't a great experience, you're gonna lose in the end. So for me, the number one priority is to create a excellent product um, to be, you know, really focused on quality, customer experience. You know, I always say, what is the Sleek Geek experience? You know, we've created a culture in our group, which you, you very seldomly find on the internet because the internet is quite a horrible place. We created a safe place. And so what I would say to anyone is... Yeah, especially when it comes to weight. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Create, create a product that people love and really care. Care about the people that you work for, your customers, the people that you service. Like that's, that's, that's the best kind of long-term marketing strategy that you can have because if your product's hot air, then you, know, you can spend whatever you want on marketing and you might make some sales, but it's really going to be short-lived. Yeah, I think also just to follow up on that, um, what I really like from what you've done, instead of creating a business first, you created a niche community first. Sure. And out of that, you built up a business. I don't think some people realize you can do it that way. Sure. I mean, you know, build it and they'll come doesn't always work. They don't always come. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so look, I mean, look, I never set out to create a business. I just realized that I would, I woke up initially, I thought I was just going to take a year off a sabbatical and do this as a passion project. And then when I loved it, doing it so much, I was like, cheapers, I need to like keep doing this. Now I've got to figure out a way to make it sustainable. Um, but one principle that we've always used, which I think people out there can, can benefit from is even if you are in your garage as one person, try and do whatever you can do world-class. Like, you know, whether you are just, you know, starting out and it's just you or whether you're a small business, you know, whatever it is, you know, people expect like if you're going to, if we're going to sell merchandise, people expect the same experience they get with Amazon or take a lot. They don't care that it's just you in your garage. 
you know, um, people out there expect a certain level of quality. And a lot of the time I see big corporates not being able to deliver. I mean, we've all phoned call centers of cell phone companies or whatever and had terrible experiences or banks or whatever it is. And, and, and I think that like, no matter what size your business, focus on quality as much as possible and you'll win in the end. Oh, I 100, 110% agree with you regarding this. Um, psychology is a big part of your mission. Mm. As the first step is for the person to make this decision, to commit to this healthy lifestyle and to stick to it. Yeah. Um, what is your perception of this? How, how do you get them there? Yeah, well, look, this is, that's an interesting question. I mean, with our, our coaching clients, we, we do a lot of work around mindset. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's, if, 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 if it was just about telling people what they should eat and how to exercise, most people would be in shape. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, most people that we work with have an emotional uh, issue uh, around food um, or they don't know how to build habits and be consistent. So we teach a habit-based approach to health but i absolutely agree that like most of this journey is about your mindset and you know we try and get people to really tap into their why as a first step because a lot of people don't understand what's at stake for them they think they're just going on a diet they think they just want to lose weight but what really happens is we do an exercise called the five whys toyota actually pioneered pioneered it as an analytical tool and you use it to get to the bottom of everything. So what we'll say is like, I'll say, okay, Mariana, you know, why are you doing this coaching or whatever? Oh, because I want to lose weight. Well, why do you want to lose weight? Oh, because I want to fit into this pair of pants. Oh, why do you want to fit into that? Because I feel uncomfortable these days and I'm unhappy with myself. And oh, why is that? Oh, because, you know, my, my husband is not attracted to me anymore. Like, you know, like, and oh, I want to be a good example to my kids. And, you know, we delve deep with people and they start to realize that this journey to health is not about just losing some weight. It's not about just looking better. It goes to the core of their being, their self-esteem, their place in the world, their opportunities. And that's why I'm so passionate about what I do is because I'm not doing what I do to try and help people look a bit better. I'm doing what I do to help people have an opportunity at a much better life um, because health unlocks those opportunities. So I think as a first step around the psychology and the mindset to get back to your question, we try and we get people to really understand what it is they're looking for. And then we help them also with limiting beliefs. You know, Tony Robbins does a lot of work around that. Like a lot of people have limiting beliefs that hold them back in their lives. And we work. Well, I even that. Personally, um, since having a baby, I have not been able to shed those few extra kilograms. Mm. And I think I know exactly what I should be doing. My sister is a health freak. Um, but psychologically, I haven't accepted that my metabolism rate has changed. Mm. So I always used to be able to eat what I wanted. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Sure. So it's almost impossible for me now to say to myself, I cannot eat these things anymore. Yes. Yeah, so you, yes. Yeah, you, you obviously... I mean, yeah, I'm not going to coach you here right now, but I mean, no, 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 but, I mean no. <laughs> but, but obviously, yes, I understand where you're at. And I think this happens to, to a lot of people. I mean, we launched, uh, we launched a group recently for uh, pregnant and postpartum women, um, specifically because, you know, nutrition and exercise and these kind of things are different for people who are pregnant, who are breastfeeding, um, you know, who have had babies, you know, things like your pelvic floor doing, you know, exercise is different, you know, um, so absolutely, I can empathize with where you're at, 
but it just means what I would say to you is I, I see health as a skills based thing, which a lot of it's a paradigm that a lot of people they think they think diets, but at the end of the day, creating a healthy lifestyle is about skills and habits, and it's obvious that you know you at the moment lack those skills because you didn't have to have them before. You were lucky. Yeah. Or but, just discipline. I think I like discipline because yeah. I never had to have it before. I do have the skills. I do believe in, and I think everyone else needs to get in that mindset of seeing food as medicine. And I'm a firm believer in that. Sure. I mean, you, you are what you eat. I mean, there's, and you are what you repeatedly do. I mean, there's no question about that. Okay. Now to, um, I have another final, well, one final kind of question. Um, do you look back at the time when you were unhealthy and not eating right and not fit and wonder how you could live that kind of life? The only reason I ask that is that my sister is now just literally the fittest looking person you could find and the healthiest person. Mm -hmm. But when she was young in high school, she was really chubby mm -hmm. and now she can't even bring herself to look at photos of herself from that time. Do you experience something similar? No, I mean, I have no shame around it. Like, I mean, I, I Look, I I think you've got to love yourself through all the phases, and that's easier said than done. Um, I empathize with that person. I mean, that person had different priorities. Okay. Okay. So I think, you know, you get what you focus on. And a lot of people who are not healthy or not in shape, it's because it's not their priority. They focused on other things. They focused on their being a parent. They focused on making money or like they're not focused on health as a priority. So at that point, I didn't really even know that this was available to me. Like, I think a lot of people are like, this is my life. This is my genes. Like I didn't understand that life could be different. And that's why I'm so passionate about going out there and speaking to people and delivering my message is to actually try and wake them up and say, you know what? Life can actually be different if you'd like it to be, if you don't want it to be, that's cool. But yeah, it, I don't judge that person. Um, I just didn't really know any better at the time. And at the time I was happy, you know, I mean, doing what I was doing and all these things make up, you know, all the parts of your journey make up who you are today. So I have no That's regret. Really I like that. Mm. Um, final question. What is next for Sleek Geek? Well, that's a great question because at the moment we're in a tough spot. I mean, I'm prepared to be honest about it. Like eight years down the line, we're still running at break even. And I'm, I'm really trying to see how we can find our next level. Um, and I think what, where I, I think it lies in, um, you know, we've been working in the consumer space for eight years now and we've got a lot of results in that space. Um, I've always been passionate about wanting to help people more in the workplace. So, I'm going to be working really hard on corporate well-being solutions as my my focus this year. Um, in more, in the yeah, I think B two B, yeah, that yeah, I would assume that's where it's at. Yeah, more in the B two B space. Yeah, so many employees now in 2020 are starting to realize how important it is for their team members yeah. to be healthy. I mean, if you could do customized programs, that would yeah. be amazing. Yeah, I think I think the challenge is going to be, you know, when I look at the well-being industry or the corporate wellness industry, it looks like a lot of the solutions that are being offered aren't very effective. Like it's box ticking. It's the the bean counters, the HR manager. They can just say, oh, we're offering something. But like I, because earlier I talked about quality and my pride in my work, I want to offer something that truly helps people change. So I'm just trying to figure out what that product is. 
Um, because you must understand in the consumer space, people come to us looking for a solution. They're ready. They're almost in a state of readiness. Whereas in a corporate environment, if you picture an office full of a few hundred people, there's a lot of people who actually have zero interest in health whatsoever. Um, you know, some people might be interested, some people aren't ready. So it's, it's a very different ball game and environment to deal with. And so right now I'm trying to figure out what the right product is. And I think it's going to have to be quite technology driven, which, you know, will be an interesting thing for us because technology obviously costs money to build. Um, and yeah, so I think that's going to be an interesting journey for me. But I think that other than global expansion, um, B2B expansion is, is where I see our, our future. Yeah, me too, actually. Um, that's phenomenal. We look forward to seeing you guys grow. And thank you so much, Elan. This has been fascinating. Absolutely. It was great to actually just uh, chat to you again. And, uh, you know, I wish you all the success this year. And uh, I hope that anyone who's listening to this took something away from it. They can always find me quite easily. Just go to the sleekgeek.cnca website and I'm easy to find. Um, and, now- and I will link everything to your profiles in the description for the podcast. So they awesome. can find you there. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much, Thank Okay, you. bye.